Alright everybody, welcome back into 2 on OSU. As always, my identical twin and beat reporter Sam Hutchins joins me to talk Oklahoma State Cowboy football, basketball, and everything else in between. Uh, and Sam, again, for the third straight week, we're talking about a Cowboy win. Oklahoma State goes into Morgantown, wins 48-34, and we'll get into that. Uh, but first, we're going to think, of course, some of uh, our sponsors supporting 2 on OSU. They help us keep the lights on and... We owe MidFirst Bank, Laser Light Skin Clinic, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, Oklahoma Ford Dealers, and Fire Lake Casino. A big thank you for supporting what we do here at Sellout Crowd. And we also want to remind everyone to drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford Dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. Sam, what'd you think of the Cowboys' victory in Morgantown? You know, it was one of those things, you're watching the game, and you can't help but think about the past and think about how differently I watch an Oklahoma State game now as to when I did when we traveled to Ames and you watch the Cowboys that just got decimated by South Alabama. And Ben, it's, it's like two completely different teams. I remember we had a conversation just walking across the field uh, down from the press box after uh, Oklahoma State's last win against Kansas, trying to figure out, man, when's the last time Oklahoma State's approval rating has been this high? You know, when's the last time the mood around the Cowboys has been this has been this jolly? And now it's it's today. It's even more jolly than than ever. Certainly this season, and I think back to even last season. You know, the Cowboys, the arrow is pointing straight up in Stillwater right now, which seems a little bizarre considering how downwards the arrow seemed to be pointing at times, uh, you know, early in the season. Just a, an incredible performance to turn it around. Something I didn't see coming. Of course, and with the win, Sam, OSU's in a tie for second in the Big 12 with Texas at 3-1 at and one in the Big 12. And OSU's on a three-game win streak. I mean, would, would you have ever thought this? Uh, you mentioned... At the Iowa State game after South Alabama, I mean, is is this anything you, like like you would have thought? Certainly not. Um, and you know that that's a fun stat to throw around. Sure, Oklahoma State's tied for second. So is Iowa State. So is K State. Uh, just a, a few teams that are bunched right up there at, at three and one. Um, and then of course OU undefeated right now. Um, so I guess if you want to start thinking about the the Cowboys shot at Arlington and, and, and further down the road, you know, it's going to be one of those three and one teams, um, you know, in Texas looks the best out of those. So, but where I think I'm, I've landed on this Oklahoma state team after watching the Cowboys play really well against West Virginia is the Cowboys. They kind of seem to be settling into maybe that third best team in the big 12 role that there seems to be a lot of teams jockeying for that position. And one of them, Iowa state beat Oklahoma state, but the Cowboys really have hit their stride right now, and we'll talk about why. We just heard from Mike Gundy, and he talked about simplifying the run game, eliminating some RPOs, kind of things that were just bogging this team down that the Cowboys cut out. And, you know, things were great when you run one of the most simple plays in the game, halfback dive or, or zone zone runs, and they worked out great in Morgantown. The, the Cow Ollie Gordon was phenomenal. So things like that, simple fixes, have let the Cowboys play to their strengths, and that really showed in Morgantown, Ben. I mean, Ollie Gordon being by far the most obvious. 282 yards. Um, that's 
That's the second straight week, Sam. We're talking about Ollie Gordon getting 200 and some personal yards by himself. Um, and that's the most by an OSU back since Chuba Hubbard did it in 2019. So, so Ollie Gordon is certainly, I guess, a reason why, you know, this is this all happening. But the reason why Ollie Gordon is even turning it up a notch than people knew is, is yeah, the, the running game is simplified. Cowboys have just said, hey, we're going to hand the ball straight up the middle to Ollie Gordon. We're not going to fool around with a read option or, or get too complex with it. You know, we just think Ollie Gordon can outrun and out-truck guys. And that's been the case. Yeah, I have the note jotted down right here. Ollie Gordon had his 282 yards, and that's the most yards from an OSU rush uh, running back in a game since Chuba Hubbard had 296 against K-State in 2019. So it's been a while, and you know, I think if you could uh, ask Oklahoma State fans what they would have wanted out of Ollie Gordon, Chuba Hubbard w- would have been a perfectly acceptable answer. You know, if the Cowboys can get another back like Chuba, who is electric and um, you know was was one of the best backs in the nation. That's what we saw from Ollie Gordon. I think it's funny, Ben. I think for the last three weeks, we've been saying Ollie's had his breakout game, but it just yeah. keeps getting broken. You know, what he did against Kansas State seems very minimal to, to what he did in West Virginia. But at first, that was the Ollie breakout game. Then KU was the Ollie breakout game. Um, but here's what I can say since the Cowboys turned it over to Ollie at the start of Big 12 play, he was kind of the main guy. Um, starting with the Iowa State game, and he's had 97 carries, 707 yards in Big 12 play. Ben, that's 7.2 yards a carry. I'm no math wizard, but 7.2 yards a carry, if you hand hand it to him, you're going to be picking up a lot of first downs, you'll be picking up a lot of chunk gains, and you'll be winning games, which the Cowboys have have won three of four in Big 12 play. And I know you had the story last week, Sam, talking about the impact OSU tight ends have also had with Ollie Gordon. Um, and, and, you know, with, with Cassidy and, and J- Jeremiah Johnson, uh, make, we see them more in the passing game this season, making plays, uh, catching the ball, but, but they've been helpful with the run game as well. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's kind of been the cowboy back role. You know, they split the tight ends, they split the, they split into tight ends and, um, fullbacks a little bit, but wherever those guys have slotted, you know, Cassidy, more of a, a pass catcher a lot of times. He, he's a, he's a, t- like, he's one of those guys, you know, Johnson that kind of slots in the tight end role, but those guys are blocking pretty much just as much as fullbacks. And those are, are the guys, you know, I liked how Mike Gundy said it today in his press conference. He said pretty much, you know, those guys, they're playing like they don't care about their bodies. And that's exactly right. It sounds a little morbid, you know, but it, it's, it's been the case. I remember uh, Braden Cassidy, the, the play I, I featured, my my story on him on him last week was he hit a guy in the hole a much bigger defensive end freed up Ollie Gordon and then he did it again at West Virginia Braden Cassidy was a guy who sprang Ollie for I think his first touchdown um so yeah those guys the the former cowboy backs as I call them um they've been one of the ways that you know Mike Gundy says all the time about five weeks ago we we changed our rushing game and that's one of the ways the Cowboys simplified and the Cowboys started blocking with their tight ends and fullbacks a little more and it's paid major dividends. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Gundy, I think that's what he led with. We blocked better. Um, that was his big note, his big takeaway from the game. And just a small note on that is uh, we saw Jason Brooks exit uh, the game. Uh, Mike Gundy said he's hopeful. He, he didn't really provide us with a great update on, on where Jason Brooks is at. He was not able to return against the Mountaineers. So we'll keep you updated on, on where Brooks is and in his status. Uh, to return to that right guard position for the Cowboys. Sam, 
the offense was obviously the storyline, but we need to talk about this defense a little bit. I mean, the secondary continues to remain a little leaky at times. There's just too many young guys in that secondary for it to not, I think, have some issues crop up from time to time. Um, what, what did you see from the defense side of the ball this, this week? Hold up, my bad. I should have cut you off a little earlier. I, I wanted to say one more thing about the offensive line. Um, but we, Brooks has been playing well, and he left in a boot. Um, but yeah, to me, Ben, it just sounded like, you know, Gundy said he was hopeful for, for him to return, but, you know, he hadn't done any um, examination. He hadn't been in the uh, to, to take the boot off yet with the trainers. But maybe, to me, it sounds like one of those deals you sit out one week and then play Bedlam. Um, but Brooks, like that offensive line really played well against West Virginia. And I know you were in Morgantown. I was covering it from home. I think sometimes it's a little easier. I mean, the TV's got a lot of zoom. The the offensive line really played well to open up some holes. So I just thought it was funny. Gundy in his press conference today said, you know, y'all aren't going to believe me, but now the challenge with the offensive line is keeping them humble, you know, because everyone was, uh, you know, you know, crapping on them for the first three, four weeks of the year. And Maybe deservedly so. The the analytics, the the stats weren't super kind to the Cowboy offensive line, but they've turned it around. So I wanted to hit that note on, but before we we move on to, on to the defense, but yeah, I, I really liked uh, Joe Mikulski wearing the coonskin cap to uh, to his post game press conference in Morgantown, kind of just like yeah. the one the, the West Virginia Mountaineers wear. Uh, the the, fans, were fans wearing that Ben? Because I saw Robert Griffin the third, the commentator kind of had one on, and then Mikulski. I think Gundy even had one on for one point. Was that just like, is that a token West Virginia thing? Or were fans actually wearing them in the stands? I didn't see too many coonskin caps in the stands. I think, I think that's maybe more of what, uh, what outsiders associate with West Virginia or, or maybe more of an outside thing. Um, plus, it, it wasn't super cold, to be honest, for, for most of the game. I mean, 55 like it was is nothing for those people. That, that's, we saw people walking around in shorts and t-shirts um, in 55 <laughs> degree weather, as you can imagine. Okay, defense. I cut you off, Ben, but it's it's worthy to talk about too. Um, you know what I saw is I saw a lack of what the Cowboys had a lot of early on, which was again missed tackles. Um, Pro Football Focus had him at five missed tackles. Gundy had him at three, is what he said, and everyone counts them a little different, or you know their sort of judgment calls a little bit. Um, but either way, solid showing on that front, and Ben. If the Cowboys, if they can get massive offensive production like they got, this defense is doing more than enough. It forces some turnovers. It gives up some mistakes. But it's solid enough to win a lot of games when the offense is rolling like this. Yeah. Um, the, I don't know. I, I thought the defense made the winning plays late. They came up with the big fourth down stop uh, with Kendall Daniels running up from the secondary to attack the quarterback, who'd Sam had torched OSU on the ground. Yeah, Garrett Green, he was a player. Green had picked up five first downs with his legs to that point in the game. So I thought he was about ready to go and break more OSU hearts with another uh, fourth down conversion there. But Kendall Daniels and Trey Rucker got to him first in the backfield, and Daniels ended up uh, dragging him down along the boundary to to really change that game. So I, I thought it was up and down in terms of the Cowboys. They, they do come up with some turnovers early, which is helpful. Um, I think, like I said, like I led off this discussion with, you're going to have continuing issues in the secondary. And that's the reality of playing three freshmen and a sophomore. But uh, Mike Gundy said today, he told me, I think they're getting better. It's, it's just a matter of, in my opinion, Sam, how much better those guys can get uh, in their first year. I think two or three years down the line, gosh, if OSU can keep these guys, it's going to be great. They're going to be really 
OSU is going to really benefit from having some experienced guys back there. But but right now it's it's just a bit of a recurring problem for the Cowboys. Yeah, Ben, I had to I had to Google which law of thermodynamics it was, but I put it in my story because I thought it was funny. I said, you know, it felt like in in the West Virginia game, for every bad play that Oklahoma State made, there was an equal and opposite reaction where the Cowboys did something good. So the Cowboys made a lot of mistakes. You know, the example I brought up was uh, Brennan. You know, I don't know if you pinned that on him, but Brennan was back for the the missed punt. Uh, for the first punch of the game, Cowboy defense had a great opening series. Then the the Cowboys muff that punt. Brennan gets hit by a by his own blocker, and then you know West Virginia has all the momentum, and that felt huge. But then there was kind of an equal and opposite reaction when Kendall Daniels. It would almost look like a basketball play of, of stripping West Virginia's tight end, getting the ball, which I did not see on camera. I, I, I couldn't see it until all the Cowboys were just frantically gesturing on the sidelines that it was OSU's ball. But there were a lot of plays like that where the Cowboys made a mistake, but then the offense would, would, have, a, would have a big play or the defense would come up with a big play. So I think that's what we're going to get a lot of from this defense is I think they'll be exploited a little bit at times, maybe over the top. But with Kendall Daniels, with Colin Oliver, they'll also make a lot of big plays. Yeah. All right. Well, before you start doing stoichiometry, I'm going to uh, move, move the discussion along, Sam. Look, I mean, the, the big question with, with this. There's no way you pronounce that right. Is that how it's actually pronounced? I don't think you pronounce that right. Not Stoich- that I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Stoichiometry? I thought I said <laughs> it with enough confidence. I, I, I didn't think you'd doubt it. Um, but look, I mean, the big question with this with the OSU team is they obviously look different right now than they had for the first three weeks of the season. So the question is, how far can it go? You know, how how far does this new Cowboy team uh, have have in it? And Sam, I mean, the schedule is super weird right now. We were looking at it, and we'll get into it in the episode uh, later this week. But you have Bedlam, which is the oldest of rivalries, and then you have the four new teams, Sam, in the Big Twelve left to play. Those four new teams have kind of struggled um, so far this season. How do you see the rest of this year shaking out? Is it is it something you think the Cowboys can keep rolling, this this momentum they have? Yeah. Um, c- careful when you throw out the term oldest of rivalries. I, I know what you're getting at. Big eight, it's been going on forever. But there, there are some old hits who, who, who um, w- would have something to doubt about. You know, Army's been playing this team since whenever. But I know what you mean. Um, well, it is a little weird. No. Yeah, no, I, I totally get what you mean in terms of OU and then the four schools that Oklahoma State has very, 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 very little experience with. Um, so sue me. I did the I did the math. I kind of did the the looking ahead. You know, I did what every coach and player swears they don't, which is look ahead. And you know, you kind of do the math of well, if this winning, if the Cowboys keep playing like this, they could easily finish four and one. And pretty sure you can evaluate. The projections right there beat the four new Big 12 schools, probably lose Bedlam. And that's a dang good year at nine and three. You go into a solid bowl. Um, so I think you take nine and three if, if you're Mike Gundy or anyone else considering the start. Um, so I think that's the most logical. But Ben, I know you did the the tiebreaker story. And I'll plug that because it was super helpful for me to read myself about how all these Big 12 ties would work. Um, with We mentioned OSU's in a tie at second right now in the standings but you know it, it does lead to the to the rabbit hole of if the Cowboys win Bedlam then things become a, a little frisky in terms of could Oklahoma State sneak into Arlington and all that um, so there's the Cowboys here's what I'll say about them to their absolute credit 
they have played well enough after the poor start to keep everything on the table. And that's what you want. You want to play meaningful football. Cowboys weren't really playing a lot of meaningful football last year. You know, sure, they went to the guaranteed rate bowl, and but those last few games, I don't know if they meant a whole lot, but the Cowboys, they have a chance to be playing some very meaningful football late in the year. What did you think about that exchange uh, today at, at, the Mike, at the Mike Gundy press conference, Sam, where, you know, it was kind of brought up, hey, you have Cincinnati, of course, this week, and then after this week, it's going to be an awful big game November 4th against OU. Mike Gundy swore. He didn't know. He was shocked to find out that Bedlam was in two weeks. Are you buying that? Yeah. So that, that was a question from Garen. Um, Garen Emick does a great job. And then I, I was sitting by Garen, and then Jenny was on my left, Jenny Carlson. And uh, Jenny brought up a good point. She said, well, you know, if you think about it, Mike Gundy, he, he's not responsible for travel arrangements. He, you know, you kind of get ho- uh, you know, on the road or at home. You know, he thought they were going to Orlando, but you kind of get back from Orlando on the same day. You know, you're flying back all the same day. So maybe Mike really is that locked in. You know, some people said that's not believable at all. Um, but I, I tend to believe him that maybe Mike had those dates mixed up and he really didn't know. Bedlam was in two weeks, or maybe it's just a, he thought it was a fun spot to get a little dig in at OU. I don't know. Where do you, where do you come out? Did he believe it? Um, I'd encourage the folks to, to look it up at home, the video. I believe Jenny posted the full video. Um, it was kind of in the weird time where some cameras got shut off and then Mike was leaving to do a walk-off interview. I don't know. But if you can find the exchange, Ben, I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. Oh, yeah. Who, who knows, really, what Mike Gundy's been thinking. Um, I, I think he probably maybe had an idea. Um, but then who knows, because Bedlam's earlier than it normally is this season. Mike said, hey, I had been getting all these texts about tickets for Bedlam, and I thought, isn't that a little bit early? Like, why am I getting all these? And then, oh, I guess it makes sense now. Um, but I think the atmosphere against Cincinnati is going to be great, and then uh, that Bedlam game is shaping up to be huge. Sam. Um, so we'll get into the two-minute drill, unless you want to cut me off and, and have anything else to say. No, <laughs> that was okay. a good time. That was a good time. Okay. Two-minute drill, Sam. First question for both of us. Who's your unsung hero from the West Virginia game for the Oklahoma State Cowboys? My unsung hero is Nick Martin. And maybe undersha- or overshadowed is the better word because Ollie overshadowed everyone with his monster day. But Nick Martin, the linebacker who we've talked plenty about, everyone has, if you're doing a good job covering Oklahoma State, he was, again, a beast. He had 17 tackles, uh, continues to grade out really well on the analytics. So. Nick Martin, he is becoming a player that you look at as well with those type of numbers. Um, it feels like he's got a little bit of Malcolm in him in terms of you look up and it's like, wow, he had 15 tackles and, and you hardly notice it. But I mean, heck, he hits hard. You do notice a lot of his hits. So Nick Martin, man, he was so good. And he's become an anchor on this Cowboy defense that has lost a linebacker in Justin Wright for the year. So he's been huge. I'm going to give my uh, Unsung Hero award to Parker Robertson. He's, of course, uh, the walk-on safety, who is more known for his special teams play this season. He came up with the big uh, fumble recovery on the, on the muff punt from West Virginia late in the game that really flipped, I think, the outcome of this one. That was a big moment. So I'm going to give that one to Parker Robertson. And Sam, this is homecoming week here at OSU. I think the fountain is already orange. Um, so that also means basketball season's right around the corner and homecoming and hoops comes with that. Who's the player you're most looking forward to uh, on the basketball side of things, watching at homecoming in hoops. So Isaac Miranda is who I want to bring up. Some Pokes fans might not know who he is. He uh, came in last year, or he came in this year, redshirted at NC State. 
So the college basketball world, honestly, doesn't really know who he is. He, he didn't play for, for, for NC State. But Isaac Miranda, he's a guy when you watch Isaiah. 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 Um, when you watch Isaiah play, I see him at practice, and he's the guy that jumps out. He, he's seven foot one, and the Cowboys lost two big men from last year. So this is the guy that will play a huge role, and he just looks the part of a huge rim protector. I'm excited to see him uh, in a basketball uniform with normal-sized people by him. Um, because he, he will just dwarf everyone. But yeah, uh, he, he can jump a little bit, and I'm really excited to see him uh, hopefully throw down a few dunks. Yeah, he's certainly um, one of those guys you just say, whoa, like that guy is huge. Um, but I'm looking forward to watching Javon Small, the point guard the Cowboys got uh, a transfer from Eastern Carolina. Javon's 6'3", you know, something like 195, so he's not going to jump out you, jump out at you like Isaiah Miranda is, but I'm I'm excited to see um, look, homecoming hoops is more about the dunk contest and the walkouts and the music and all that. So yeah, uh, we, we won't get to see uh, Javon Small's playmaking. I think he's going to be great for the Cowboy uh, basketball team this year. He he's like a true setup man. Um, I talked to Doug Gottlieb, ran into him at an OSU basketball practice the other day, and Doug knows a thing or two about assists and said Javon Small is going to be big there for the Cowboys. Um, Sam, is is there anything else uh, we need to hit on before we wrap this one up? Yeah, I thought it was notable. Oklahoma State, no longer the highest graded special teams unit in the country, according to Pro Football Focus, um, which honestly, I thought they might fall a little further because uh, you know, the Cowboys had a, a deflected punt, a muffed punt, a missed field goal. It was not a good special teams day in Morgantown, but um, you know, I thought the Cowboys might even fall from the top five, but they have been really good in that unit, and now they're just number two in the country, according to Pro Football Focus. Um, but I think Washington and Texas are the next two teams. So teams that are up there have won a lot of ball games. Um, number one is Miami, Ohio. So take that for what it's worth. But uh, yeah, a, a good special teams team had a bad week last week. For sure. Well, that's, uh, that's going to be it for this episode of Two on OSU. We really do appreciate you joining and sticking around uh, to the end of the show for, for all things Oklahoma State sports. And if you like what you hear, if you like what you're watching, uh, hit us with a subscribe on YouTube or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, however you like to listen, we're on there. Um, and if you really like what you hear, leave a review. Maybe if you don't like what you hear, you can skip that part. Thanks for joining us on 2 on OSU. We'll see you later in the week. <laughs>